<laughs> tell a little about oh that before we get God. started. Oh wow, you guys, you guys went down the rabbit hole. So um, <laughs> I was close with like the founding team, and I was like, wait, if these guys can do it, like I think I can do it too. And the next thing you know, we have like you know hundreds of users, thousands of users, and the platform just starts to grow and grow and grow. Wow. And that's- you can have all the marketing oh, yeah. in the world, you can have all the launches, but if the product ultimately doesn't work, people are gonna stop using it. Kind of had this realization: I can do anything that I want. I can work on anything, but it's really important. I understand AI, and I definitely see that is the future. I understand that. But what I don't like is the people that use it just to fully substitute themselves. I need this product to be in a place where I can use it on my show notes and I'm not having to do too much work. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, throughout the episode, that has been the theme. So I'm about to go take a nap then. Yeah. <laughs> just do it. Do it. Just, just do, do the it. thing. Just do it. Hey man, like uh, don't Alex th- says, you don't know? think about it. Don't the think big. about it. Just yeah. do it. We've got some Hey, this is Luis. And this is Luis. And welcome to the content is Profit Podcast. In here, you're going to get the insights, accountability, and drive to create consistently and increase revenue. You'll hear from top entrepreneurs, creators, and anything and everything you need to know about content. All this by having a damn good time. That is right. The goal of this podcast is simple. Entertain, educate, and turn your content into profit. We got the sounds today. We got the sounds today. You know, more on that later, guys. If if you listen to the previous episode, you know what we're talking about. I know. I know. But anyways, <laughs> anyways Fancy, what are we talking about today? Guys, today we have an awesome guest. And we're going to be talking all about how he raised around $50 million Macaboos. and how he's building apps. And this one specifically, the one that he's building right now is for the future of podcasting. I know. And, and I, trust me, you will want to yes. listen to what he's building because we've been using it Don't for help. the last couple of months. And it has been a game changer. I know. Uh, this app single-handedly changed Fonzie's view on AI. Just going to put that out there. Not just really. That, but gonna. I will say this. <laughs> the founder and I, we share similar views on AI, which is pretty cool. Awesome. All right, guys. If you're enjoying these episodes, obviously hit that bell button in whatever podcasting platform that you tune into. So that way you know when these episodes are dropping in your phone. And make sure to follow us on social media at BizBrosCo. That is Ryan. It's today's guest. Help you move one step closer towards your goal please don't forget to share this episode and leave a five-star review. Yeah. So we have a super interesting guy today that we met recently at an AppSumo event. He's a total baller. He <laughs> co-founded Seated, a restaurant reward network for which he has raised like $50 million. Pocket and change. now Pocket he's change. co-founded <laughs> one of our new favorite AI apps, Cast Magic. Not to mention that he is the host of the DTC pod, which is now part of the Hotspot Podcast Network. Let's go. And a challenger for the title of The Coffee King. That is right. I, I, I searched. I was, you know, I was creeping on social media. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe I got it wrong. Maybe I got it wrong. Who knows? But please welcome the one and only Blaine Ballers. What's up, Blaine? What's up, guys? Thanks so much for having me. Dude, I'm so pumped to have you here. We we met uh, a few maybe weeks ago. We connected. Uh, you gave me a little tour of the app. You know, I needed a little bit more knowledge on what you were building. And immediately I was like, I need to have this guy on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, guys, I'm I'm really pumped to be here. I'm glad we got to to catch up, and it seems like you know we're, we've been work we've been podcasting, we've been working in similar fields. We're both in Florida, so I was really glad to connect with you guys. And when you're like, you know, you got to come on the show, I I, I couldn't wait. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. I I you know I did my homework a little bit in there, creeping around social media. I saw you had this like somebody tweeted something about you having this like sick 
coffee setup and I saw the video <laughs> and I was like, dude, I never seen ever espresso machine this cool. Tell, tell me a little oh about that before we get God. started. Oh, wow. You guys, you guys went down the rabbit hole. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So basically, so my dad is Italian. He, uh, grew up and lived in Italy for the longest time. And in the eight, in the seventies and eighties, he was coming back to the States. And like yeah. one of the things that he brought with him was this espresso machine called the La Pavoni, mm -hmm. which is like this old school espresso machine. And I remember when I was like a kid growing up in the nineties, I would see it and he, he would like never use it. Cause like, it's such like a pain <laughs> in the ass to like make espresso. Right. And he, he's like over it by this time. So he's yeah. just like making his instant coffee or whatever. But like, I like coffee. And then I was like looking at this thing. I was like, does that thing still work? And, um, and you know, I, I, I got it fired up. I hooked it up and it, it makes incredible, incredible espresso. So yeah, you guys got to check it out. It's called the La Pavoni. It's crazy. Oh. I mean, just for uh, the people that are, I'm going to try to clip that video and put it here. We make a clip out of this, but I was looking at Twitter and this, is this like golden thing with like different knobs? The water doesn't come out automatically. You pretty much got to like pump it through, Oh yeah, you know, they got the, the, the grind beans is insane. I was like, this looks fun. This looks like a ritual. You know, you That's hear all amazing. these entrepreneurs having like their morning rituals and all that yeah. stuff. Is that part of your stuff that like you wake up and you're like, I can't wait to spend, you know, two hours <laughs> setting up this machine. <laughs> so the funny thing is, is I actually, well, this is a recent thing. So I, I was like the biggest coffee nut in the world. And actually, um, you know, a, a friend, he like came up with this coffee, it's called new wave. And mm. they, it's like this, like flow state sort of coffee. He's also in Florida. He's up in Fort Lauderdale. Um, nice. and so, yeah, I'd been like drinking that for the longest time and it was amazing. But then I started getting like, I think I was probably just drinking too much coffee period and <laughs> start getting like these like heart palpitations. And stuff like that. So I've, I've, I've totally quit coffee for the last oh, like, wow. couple months or so. But yeah, when I do drink coffee, I for sure make it in either a Greca, like a mocha pot sort of yeah. situation or the um, La Pavoni. So th those are the ways to go. Hey, well, if you, if, if, go. By the way, if you end up quitting caffeine and you want to <laughs> get rid of La Pavoni, you know, uh, send it over. Yeah, yeah, divs. I call divs. Yeah. Um, it's funny, but like when I, uh, when I was 15, I ended, I ended up in Italy playing soccer for a year there. And uh, the team put me in this, like this little hotel and it was like a, probably like a two star, you know, on the side of this little 20,000 people town. And the first thing that the owner grabs me to, and I knew no, no Italian or nothing. And I was supposed to help with them in the kitchen and like serving, they had like a little restaurant. And the first thing that they taught me to do was to, to run the espresso machine that they had there. And it was like this big thing, you know, and you have to like hit the thing to get the coffee going and press it and stuff like that. And it was a very crazy experience. And I wasn't drinking coffee until, until now I met, you know, Fonzie and started working on these projects that we don't sleep now, but you know, <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, I relate. I love it. It's that ritual for, for so many. And I think yeah. it's so important. So thanks All for right. sharing, man. I'm going to put a, a hard pivot <laughs> in here real quick. Little Blaine, I want to learn a little bit about your background. I'm curious because I saw on your description in Twitter that I think you went to Harvard, which I was like, dang, like this is pretty mind blowing, right? It's not easy to get into Harvard. And then you, I think, co-founded Seated and now you co-founded Cast Magic. Have you always been interested in the startup world? Have you in, in software as well? Like, tell me a little bit about that. 
Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I did. Um, I did my undergrad at Harvard. And, and uh, this was like, you know, I was I actually was just up in Boston last weekend for my 10 year reunion. Um, oh, cool. And uh, the the crazy part around that time, like Facebook had come out of Harvard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a really big thing. I was like, in one of these final clubs that, um, you know, like, if you ever saw that movie, The Social Network, like, yeah, one of like Eduardo, one of like the co founders <laughs> of Facebook, he was in there as well. So like, growing up in Harvard, like entrepreneurship was like, it was starting to be cool. But at Harvard, everyone was still like, super into like finance and consulting and like those sort of jobs. But like, in my class, I was like, I think one of like three or four people at the time who were just like kind of new right out of the gates that like startups were the way to go and not mm. like I just didn't really have interest in going um you know into like big corporate America but yeah. like some of the other ones that were really interesting that came out um one of my classmates was John Collison he ended up starting Stripe another one oh, was um Matt Paliga, he started Mark 43, um, and another one, Max Campion, who started Home Tap. So there, there was like a whole, yeah. like a smaller group of people who, and, but we were at the time, we were like kind of the weirdos um, who were into entrepreneurship. But um, yeah, and actually the, the way I got into it, I was doing like an internship with a friend um, in Boston who was working on this startup at the time. And they were like in the payments uh, payment space. Like, so think like Square, Um, for like local cafes and that sort of thing. And they ended up getting acquired by one of the payment systems. And those guys right now went on and founded this company, Kushki, which is like the stripe for LATAM. uh, And they're like unicorn as well. So like I'd been exposed to all this startup stuff really early on. And when I was working at that startup, Leaf, it was called, um, I was kind of like, I was close with like the founding team. And I was like, wait, if these guys can do it, like I think I can do it too. Um, So that's, you know, immediately I came back and started like tinkering and working on all these different mm. sort of ideas. And yeah. that was kind of how, it, how I got the startup bug. Man, that's, that's awesome. So, uh, you said the weirdos, they were like, look at me now, you weird. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, and I, and I love it. Right. And we talked often on environment, right? Like where, where are you uh, involved with? Like, obviously I, I went to North Florida university. That's where I play soccer. And the, I remember the environment that I most enjoyed in that university was the entrepreneurship minor, right? Like I was going for business management and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to like leave this class. But the second I, I stepped into those other classes, they were very hands-on. They were like projects that we really wanted to build. And, and it was with people around us that really wanted to be challenged and do amazing things. Right. And, and it was really good. And like, you know, your bug, mine was not as big as yours, but at the same time was like, it allowed me to make the first steps to then start building what we're building now. And, and I, and I think that's super important. So was your decision to go to a place like Harvard, for example, like, was that your angle? And then, uh, after, after you graduated and obviously this 10 years, how important has that environment been to you? Like, do you have, uh, do you uh, keep an eye on keeping that environment around you to make sure that you can continue and perform and build the things that you're building? So I think like when I went to Harvard, I didn't really, like, I knew it was like a really good college, but I wasn't thinking of it in terms of like, oh, here's what I'm going to major in. Here's what I'm going to focus on. And here's what my career is going to be. It was just like, you're in high school, you get into Harvard and you go, I think my mom would have murdered me if I, I'm not, I'm not going. I think at the time I I was in high school, I'm from Southern California originally. I wanted to go to USC and she was like, no, like you're going to Harvard. (laughs) Um, I was like, I guess that makes sense. So um, ended up going there and, you know, kind of like I was saying was, I, 
when you're going through college, there's a lot of people who maybe don't know what they, it is that they like or what they gravitate to. And yeah. I think people in general are just so, you know, they do what other people do because like, it's what everyone else is doing. And there was just something inside of me that just said, like, I really don't like, I just can't get this like yeah. you know, finance or consulting sort of thing. And like, that wasn't yeah. really my vibe. I was like, always in more into like the creative stuff. And like, Harvard didn't really have a lot of resources for me at the time to like, tap into that as like a major or a focus, but yeah. like I was doing stuff like, you know, I was like designing like art and like flyers and like mm. I was making music and I was like doing all these sort of like creative pursuits. So I think, yeah. um, entrepreneurship was just like the next evolution of like people who are kind of like geared toward thinking like that. Um, yeah. I'm just always tinkering and messing around and trying to like break and yeah. build things. So, so that's kind of how I ended up. And then I guess to your second question, it's like, what role does it play? Like, I wouldn't say that like right now, you know, I have a couple friends from school that I'm like still very close with, but like, it's not like my entire network yeah. is Harvard people by any means. I actually, um, like to branch out a lot. I've made a ton of great friends just through things like Twitter or things like, you know, friend of a friend who's also working yeah. on something cool. Like I'm, I'm not someone who's like, you know, let me only hang out with Harvard people. And actually the businesses that I've built, like when you, cause all of them have been more on like the consumer sort of landscape. There's certain businesses that having like a really strong network, like makes a really big difference for, but like Absolutely. when you're building consumer social, like it almost doesn't matter how good your network is. It's like, can you build a product that, um, the world likes and the world needs. And yeah. so, um, yeah, maybe had I mm. like started and thought, like, think, let me put my network to work. I could have come up with something better than like a restaurant app, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that, that's, that's very interesting, honestly, you know, and it, it gets me thinking, especially your last comment, you're like something better than a restaurant app. But, uh, you know, for what I read, for what I saw, it kind of seems that it, 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 it got traction right it got some sort of success um and i'm curious about that right Be before going there though you told me you live in in miami and now miami is the hub right like everybody's moving either i feel austin or miami right like especially tech companies was that uh you know did you make that decision on purpose like hey i want to move there connect top entrepreneurs you have your podcast and i see i think you do it live you bring people if i think to your apartment and you have them in there for sure. such a good networking tool so yeah what was that was that on purpose so it wasn't like super on purpose it was basically like again I'm, i've always been someone who kind of like yeah. i can like kind of feel things out and i like things and if they make sense like i'll do them so um you know, I was living in LA at the time, um, during the pandemic and LA shut down super hard. And, yeah. um, you mm. know, my, my girlfriend, she used to spend a bunch of time in Miami. So she was in New York at the time came to, and we started spending a little bit more time in Miami and I, it was open. It was great. And actually funny, I was working on a, a previous company that we, that ended up not working out great, but we were starting to like raise capital at that time. And I remember I'd be like on Zoom, I'd be in Miami and like people would be like, this is like the early part of the pandemic and VCs would be like, dude, like what's that background? And I was like, <laughs> I'm in Miami. And they'd be like, Miami, like, <laughs> interesting. And this was like before like Keith and Founders Fund and yep. all these other funds like started moving down. It was just really funny to see that like narrative start to switch. But for me, the, yeah. the, the reasoning was really simple. It was like, as soon as a couple of those dominoes started to fall, especially like Keith mm -hmm. and Founders Fund, like once he like was like, you know, 
you know, I'm leaving California. I'm coming to Florida. Like that became like kind of a no brainer. I'm like, Mm. everyone loves Miami. It's a great place. Like Florida is a great place to be. The only blocker was before it was just, you know, when you were, if you were working in tech or you were like, you know, you would be looking for jobs in other markets and Miami wasn't like, you know, that's, it was like, you could, there was a bunch of foreigners here or you could come down to retire or, you know, you maybe you're working in a different sort of industry, but yeah. like for the type of work that I was doing, like I couldn't find talent here. I couldn't have a team here. Mm. So it didn't quite make sense. But as soon as those dominoes started to fall, I was like, okay, this is a no brainer. If yeah. like tech is moving in, like I'm more than happy to be here. Yeah, awesome. that's awesome. awesome. So, so tell me about that, that journey on the, on seated, right? The app that you built, do you started building that while you were still in Harvard? Was that a project after? And then, I mean, you did raise a bunch of money for that. And I'm curious about it all, right? Like, how did you start contacting those VCs? Uh, how do you learn about going about doing that, right? Was it in your previous SaaS job that you had? So, yeah, so here, here's the whole background and the whole story behind Seated. So basically, like I said, I, I was at that startup Leaf, um, you know, saw kind of what it takes to like start building a startup um, yeah. in the local sort of space. They, they weren't serving restaurants. They were serving more like cafes, quick serve, that mm. sort of thing. But I started to like learn about product, about CX, about mm. like sales, yeah. about local sales, about markets, all this sort of stuff. So anyway, the next, um, you know, at that time, finish up school, graduated, and it was time to get a job. And, you know, I'd gotten a couple offers, but like nothing that I like really wanted to do. Right. And so I was like, you know what, like I've got this idea for, and this was the time there was a whole bunch of like consumer social apps popping up. So like, this was, I think like Snapchat had been out for like two years, a year or two, like group me, like there were a couple like anonymous apps that had blown up like Yik Yak and like a couple like that. So there are all these like consumer social apps popping up and I was like, I want to build a consumer social app. So yeah. we started, um, you know, with a, a younger classmate who's still in college at the time. We were like, Hey, I think there's an opportunity here to build what at the time was going to be like a thread based conversation, like mobile app. Right. So think like email communication was happening at the time. Yeah. So almost think like a social <laughs> slack, right. Mm, okay. Um, that's a little bit more organized. Uh, and so we're building out, and this was like 10 years ago, specifically for group communication. And when you're on college and when you have like a whole bunch of friends, it's like hard to organize conversations. So we're like, let's build this, this amazing group, communication platform. And through that, we thought there was an opportunity to link in group chat and group communication into the like real world, like offline experiences. So think like dining, think like working out with friends, like workout classes and like think like live events, concerts, all that sort of stuff. So we started building the app, started getting traction. Um, but then when it came to like raise funding, obviously weren't doing rocket ship growth or anything like that. And it was, kind of like, what the heck are you guys building? You've got like <laughs> groups on there. You've got group chat. You've got, um, you know, you've got experiences, you've got dining, like, what are you? And, um, and I mean, I still, to this day, I still think like if we had enough money and enough time and enough effort, especially at the time we were working on it, I think it definitely could have really become something, but like, you know, we were first time entrepreneurs. We hadn't really raised capital, raised angel capital, like friends and family to get started. And, um, you know, clearly the writing was on the wall. If we wanted to continue doing this, we needed to like simplify and start yeah. to like yeah. trim things down. So that ultimately became seeded. So we cut mm. out group chat, we cut out 
um, you know, live events, we cut out working out and what was left was restaurants, right? We saw that was our most, um, used activity was the restaurants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we take a, a super hard pivot into the restaurant res- space and then we're like, okay, we have all these people. How do we get them to go out? And we're like, uh, well, you know, there's all these existing reservation platforms and we didn't yeah. think we could be competitive as a reservation platform. So we're like, Oh, why don't we do something with rewards? And, um, you know, previously some of the fastest growing com- companies in the world were like Groupon and like living social. And there were all these deal sites. It was like a totally crop experience for both mm-hmm. the user as well as the merchant. So we're like, you know, um, we could do something. Um, and we saw like things like Facebook, like running dynamic ads and all this sort of stuff. And like, Oh wow. What if we like you build a rewards network with restaurants and we're able to like drive traffic to restaurants using rewards and dynamic pricing and all this mm. sort of stuff. So that was kind of the, idea that we started yeah. to go after and started to get some traction. And then we started to get people going out and dining. And the next thing you know, we have like, you know, hundreds of users, thousands of users, and the platform just starts to grow and grow and grow. Wow. And that's, that was the story about how, behind how seated became seated, but it took a long time for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I, that's crazy. That's pretty cool. I want to take a couple of lessons, right. From yeah. there, right. Because obviously in our world with people that are, you know, trying to put their message out there and publish and, uh, at the end of the day, what they're doing is, you know, either selling a product or a service, right. Something that you guys did there was you gathered the feedback when you were trying to trim down, you guys yep. put a, a hypothesis out there with a product, right. You guys saw what was happening. saw the feedback from external people and also from your team. Right. And you're like, okay, what's the one thing that's working? Right. And then Mm -hmm. that's where you guys decided and trim down and continue to focus on that. And I think that's a super important thing. You know, in our own story, we had something similar when we started the agency where we were offering like seven different things, right? We were spread way too thin, no team members, right? And we were going insane. We're not sleeping. We didn't enjoy what we were doing. And uh, it got to the point where we had to sit down. We're like, okay, we wrote all seven things in a whiteboard. And we're like, what is the one thing that people kept asking for? And uh, for us, that was like content production, right? And that's what we decided to do and, and what triggered everything that has been happening in the last three years. So I think that's a massive lesson for a lot of people that are building things now. It's like, okay, how do you gather that feedback, whether that's for your product or even for the content that you're producing, right? What is the thing that's working? Continue to double down on that thing and go on. So- Yeah. And one of my favorite, just piggybacking off of that, one of my favorite like concepts that I've been thinking a lot about recently is just the idea of like doing things just for the sake of doing them. It's like a good muscle to build because when you do things, you're creating opportunities and things for you to like, see what's working. Right. So like, it doesn't have to, you don't have to hit the nail on the head every single time. You just kind of have to like bring this energy to whatever you're doing and things will start to like, figure themselves out and you, you end up only having time to focus on the things that are like working best. So yeah, I, to- I totally yeah. see what you guys are saying. Okay. Uh, I'm going to thread a needle following that thought. Cause I a hundred percent agree with that. Right. And I had a conversation yesterday, right. And a lot of the conversations that we have with the people that may be interested in, in our service, in our fractional content teams, or even curious, right. Starting a podcast, they're like, what's my ROI, right? I'm like, well, first of all, I have no idea. Like, do you sell something? Like, do you, like, what do you do? Like, and and we go into that rabbit hole, right? But at the end of the day, it's like for us, like our own personal journey, I think we started our platform, our show that is now on the hotspot network and it's been able to, to help us grow really. And the opportunity that we kind of tease at the very beginning that we, we have to announce in just a little bit happened because this, and it's probably the bigger, the biggest opportunity that has ever happened to us. But we, three years ago, when we met the person that made, you know, that connection, 
we never thought that was the way. And it was like just a continuous conversations and the continued reiteration and three episodes every single week and put the message out there. And for us is, you know, on the content side, same thing with the agency, right? Like it's, you're going to find those opportunities as we start happening. So I want to encourage every single person that's listening right now, whether you're building that product, you're doing the reps, right? You're publishing, you're, you're putting your content out there every single day. Trust the process. Your things, your opportunities are going to go. And if you put your relationships in the mix, like we've mentioned in the past, like collaboration through podcasting, right? I'm assuming that's probably one of the reasons you have a studio in your house, right? Things and opportunities and conversations are going to happen that are going to trigger your next steps. So have faith that's going to work. So thank you so much for bringing that point on because I think a lot of people need to li- need to hear that. It's like, okay, I'm putting in the reps. I might not see the clear picture, right? It might be like a little, a little foggy. But as I move forward, that fog is going to move away and I'm going to see the opportunities. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think just to like piggyback off that, right? Like when I started DTC pod, like our podcasts, like I didn't have a clear, like, sure. It was like, okay, we're going to talk to e-commerce merchants and the company that I was working on at that time, that it would have been great for, for some of them to like sign on with us. But I was like, beyond that, I was like, I'm sure I'm going to build a bunch of relationships Mm -hmm. through it. Like, I don't know where this is going to go. And had I not started the podcast, I would have never like you know, had the problems that I was having to build cast magic. So it's like, you know, you never know where things are going to go and you just do things and then good things happen. So long as you've got like the right attitude and you just keep pushing. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. So many questions, man. Like this conversation (laughs) can just go anywhere. Uh, It's a simple question. And this one is just because I'm super curious about it. Are you the technical founder or no? No, no, no. So I, I'm, I'm not, I'm the, I'm more of like on the CX go to market and product side. And then right. Justin is our CTO. Nice. Nice. All right. Cool. Cool. I, I was, I was just curious about it. <laughs> um, but now I'm, you know, t- tell me a little bit about that transition. You started seated, right? You just shared the, the back on the story. I'm curious on that transition. Are, are you still, do you still own seated? Did you guys yeah, exit so- that? So I exited, but I still have ownership. Um, just, you know, basically when you're in a company, so we were, I was working on seeded for about four or five years before Mm -hmm. we even raised a proper seed or an a right. Like, and it was hard. It was not easy. And like, you can go back and like Google and like seeded will come up and it's like new startup in like 2019 or whenever they raised their like first round. But like the reality is there's a lot of work that goes into it before yeah, yeah. you start reaching that inflection point. Right. And yeah. a lot of VCs, like they love the narrative, like, Oh, this company's growing so fast and it's an overnight success. And like, they're <laughs> kind of chasing that. And then entrepreneurs are like, you know, crafting their story. And, um, you know, so like, sure. The, the platform that we started, it wasn't seated, evolved into seated, but, um, yeah. you know, that, that was a long process. And then by the time we started raising an A or a B, like I was kind of like, look, I've been here for a while. I've, you know, I'm fully vested. I know what, um, you know, I know what this thing's all about. And like, again, I didn't get into restaurants because I loved restaurants or anything like that. I got into it because I had raised a bunch of friends and family's capital. And I was like, I'm not losing your money and I'm (laughs) going to like keep pivoting and keep making it and doing whatever we're going to do to make it work. So I was like, look, there's better operators out there to like scale this thing from like, you know, 2000 restaurants to 10,000 restaurants yeah. and like scale it to all these markets. Like, it's was like, that's not me. Um, and so it was really, you know, and I think you see this a whole bunch of times with entrepreneurs. It's like, you can work on multiple things, right? Just cause I started seated doesn't mean the only thing I can found or work on is a, you know, restaurant rewards platform. Like yeah. there's many things that I could work on that are exciting. So that was kind of the logic. And, um, you know, I saw some different opportunities that I wanted to work on. So that was kind of the step out where I was like, you know, I yeah. want to start a new company. Yeah, absolutely. So just, just going back to my brother, you know, kind of like, 
pickpocketing here some of the lessons i love what you mentioned about is not an overnight success right and it might look that way some media might portray it that way right of course it makes the vcs look like oh yeah we found this you know this hidden this new gem up, up and coming but what you said right you spent like five years hustling and grinding and trying to figure this thing out and building and it's the same when you're trying to build a brand, right? When you're trying to create content. I mean, we, we've been doing content is profit now for three, three almost four years, almost four years right? We are 400 episodes. We do it three times wow. a week. DTC pod, right? Like you've been doing it, I'm guessing for a few years. I think you have like 200, over 200 episodes. And yeah, we're like two, two, 280. 280, yeah, almost 300, awesome. man. And, and yeah. you know, for us, it was after a few years that the opportunity with like HubSpot came about. So again, it, it takes time. And to my brother's point that he was talking to somebody and they're like, all right, what is going to be my, <laughs> my ROI? Especially I feel like in this game is like, Hey, you need to be patient. Like you need to play the long game. And it's like that with any business. I do think there's some people that sure, like they're, they're pretty smart that they know how to jump on trends and leverage, leverage that pretty quickly. Right. But those are not going to be sustainable businesses that are going to be around for a long time. They're probably want to make a quick buck, right. Turn around that company and then go on and chase the next quick thing. But what you're building, seems like you were in there for the yeah. long term, right? Like let me build well, something that can yeah sustain time. So, so one of my like recent relevations that I had, cause I spent time building seated, right. Did that spent time, um, working on another company that was like in the, it, we basically built like this e-commerce, like customer data platform to connect data across like Shopify and all the other plugins in the e-commerce ecosystem didn't end up working out. We ended up returning capital. And after that, I was like trying to figure out what to do. And I kind of had this realization that like, again, I can do anything that I want. I can work on anything, but it's really important that to me that I'm building with a people that I like. So like teammates and people that I want to be around that like charge me up and solving problems that are like interesting to me. So like solving problems that I'm interested in solving and working on those problems with people that I want to be working on them with. So Mm. once I kind of had that realization, it kind of like changed my expectations of like what I was looking for in terms of like happiness and success. Um, And I like right now my view about, about the world is like, you know, it's, it's, pick the right puzzles to solve and pick the right people to solve the puzzles with. Like that's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, pretty good. Cool. If you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I'm 32. 32. Ah, right, cool. Cool. We're like around the same, same generation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm same 30 generation. and he's, uh, he's about to be 34. Damn, yeah, bro. Damn, bro. Stop <laughs> saying that. Um, I know, uh, uh, you know, you, you look at, you know, obviously Miami, you probably don't have kids. I have two kids, you know? Uh, so, you know, I'll, I'll take that win on the, on the group over here. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but, I'm, I'm curious on, obviously, I think I want to transition to the, the thing that you're building, right? Where, yeah. how we connected with you. I'm in love with Cast Magic, right? Uh, so I, I think the first time we saw it was on a Slack thread with the Hotspot Network. Uh, somebody shared the two with like, hey guys, you know, this might help. And I was like, clicked it and I'm like, research and development mode. I'm like testing, you know, playing with the thing. And I'm like, in, in a part of the process that we execute with our team and with our clients, right? We have a section that's called value index, right? And we grab those ideas. And until now we've been trying to like leverage AI and technology and see how we can do that to optimize with our team members. That started as a human process, right? Somebody going in and actually watching the content and labeling it and making sure that we can grab the clips that are relevant. And yep. uh, from that moment on, we're like, how can we make this more efficient, right? And leveraging technology to do that. And until it's probably like two and a half years until we found your app and your app has helped that 
massively, massively. So I want to, we're going to leave all the links right below, you know, and where people can check it out. And I immediately became in love with that part of the process. So we integrated it in, in a couple of aspects, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, now the question to you is like, it seems like very niche of an app initially. Right. And, uh, which is in, you, in you a probably sense, learned the lesson, exactly, right? exactly. <laughs> which is amazing. Right. So I'm curious, like, why you guys decided to go into that into the into that market, right? With long form and and the product that you guys provide, and how was like that initial startup? You know, first few months on developing this app, like from idea to you know maybe yeah. the first side of the product. I'm, I'm gonna add to that. I would love a, to see a comparison or to hear about a comparison between your starter your your first years with Seated and then the first couple. I don't know, years with uh, Cast Magic to see kind of like that uh, that contrast. Oh man, so so much to say. So <laughs> obviously excited, uh, super excited that you guys like love and use the platform. Basically, the way it started was I, you know, I host a podcast, and similar to you guys, I have the same problem in terms of like taking. You know, we have the amazing guests, we have amazing conversations. There's so much content, but it's like when it came time to like publish and promote the show, it was like oh my God, what do I even do now? Who do I find that even understands the context as well as I do? So they can find the right clips. They can find the right way to write the social post. And then, you know, we tried a couple agencies, we shipped it off to VAs. And then the awkward thing, it's like when you're doing podcasting, like you you can't mess that shit up when it comes to content, because like you just had this guest on your show. And if you like misspell their name or like you do a bunch of stuff wrong, it's like, it's awkward. Right. And you're (laughs) like, oops. So yeah. So I was going through that whole thing. And then my co- the co-host of my podcast, uh, Ramon, had a friend, Justin, who um, was like the head developer, head of platform at blockchain.com. He had recently sold his company upside to a different company. And he'd recently gone through an acquisition. And he was like, yo, I'm going to be um, you know, with Justin over the holidays. Um, like, I'm going to tell him about you know, our, our idea basically. And the reason I had this idea is because I saw, I'd, I'd always been playing around with AI with like, you know, GPT three as it came out. And then yeah. we start, I started adopting like, you know, Jasper and copy AI and some of those like initial like yeah. marketing tools that productized on top of it. And like, they weren't quite there, but like, I was like, wait a minute, maybe there's something we can do with, yeah. with podcasting here. Right. So, um, I, I thought it was like a cool idea, but I didn't think it was like a big idea. So, um, so I was like, okay, Ramon, like, yeah, sure. Talk to Justin. We'll see, we'll see what he says, whatever. And then Ramon tells Justin and Justin's like, oh, that's a good idea. I'll build it. And we were like, what, like, what do you mean? Um, so, so we got introduced to Justin. I think this was like, you know, like December 31 was like our first call, right? Like last year, end of 2022. And we go through it and Justin's like, yep. I get it. Makes sense. Like, here we go. So, um, and it just started as like a total side project. Really. I was working on other things. He had his day job and, you know, weren't putting in a whole bunch of hours in the beginning, but like quickly got to an MVP where I could take my own podcast on my own content, put it in there. And then it was fun for me because I was like totally dog fooding my own product. I was just like, basically, I was like, no, we got to get it to here. I was like, I need this product to be in a place where I can use it on my show notes and I'm not having to do too much work. So I was like the guinea pig. And then, you know, we ultimately got it there. And then fast forward a couple, I mean, only a couple of weeks, honestly. And we're talking to actually AppSumo. So AppSumo and like Nick, their head of marketing, we're introduced to them by 
Diego, who basically does like the clipping for us and was like working with, you know, them and like Sam Farr and a bunch of these other content creators. And um, we're talking to them and they were like interested in podcasting. And we didn't really know that if there was an angle between DTC pod and AppSumo, but then we told him we're building this, you know, cast magic. And he's like, oh, that's great. Why don't you like throw it on the store? Like, mm. um, you know, we'll do a launch with you. We'll, we'll, we'll launch with like Noah Kagan at South by Southwest. We'll put together a panel oh, and wow. we're like, dude, that we're like, dude, that's like in three weeks. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, can you, can you make it? And we're like, we'll I guess so. <laughs> so you will have to, we'll see you there. So we just started, you know, building, building, building. We're like, okay, here's our deadline to launch. And it was great. It was like mid March. We launched with, on this panel, um, with like with Noah Kagan, Sam Parr, uh, Justin Mares, and a couple other big content creators, and it was it like since then it's just been like blowing up. Like we yeah. got it out. It was we it wasn't like a perfectly polished product, but like since then we've been able to like start putting the polish on, getting it to where we want it, and it's it's been blowing up. Since yeah. Then. So, wow. dude, thank you for the full recap yeah. and props to you guys, right? Like starting with this as a, as an idea, right side project, and then it's evolved to the thing and. And I think something that I really want to highlight is like the product works, right? Like, cause you could have all the marketing oh, yeah. in the world. You can have all the launches, like the, the leverage with like the personalities and the push. But if the product ultimately doesn't work, people are going to stop using it. And that has been my experience with other platforms, right? In a sense. And we've tried uh, a, a few of them, not specifically for the thing that yours does, but in, within the process, right? You have the creation process. Like, what do I actually say? Like, how do you collect that information? How do you actually create? What's the technology that we're using? Riverside, Zoom, whatever right? How do we actually produce it? Like in our side, we have a, a physical team, right? There's that is a VA aspect of it. How do we actually uh, distribute these things in part of the distribution? You know, what problems that you guys solve and the caption writing and the thing, that's a big pain point for a lot of people, right? They spend all this time producing, creating. And then when it comes to the distribution, the content doesn't go out because there's like this task that we have to do, right? And then that gets delegated to a VA that might not be the best on doing these things, right? And then it's a connecting it to revenue. So if we can shorten those gaps between these processes, right, uh, then we can, we're going to be able to move faster, put more stuff out there, test more things, right? Kind of like what we talked and gather that feedback to continue doing it. So for those that don't know what Cast Magic is, is basically this piece of software that you put in a piece of audio, right? You label your host, specifically on the podcast space in, in this sense. We've used it for another case studies but it spits out this amazing information, like a full transcript, uh, samples of uh, scripts that you can do for reels, right? Timestamps, Q and A's, questions and answers, like all these amazing gold, right? Uh, that, and I probably like describing probably 20% of it. So I would really wanna encourage you to go in and try it out. But for me, the impression was it was effortless, right? It took just a few seconds and I got this backend uh, product of ideas, bank of, uh, bank of ideas, bank of questions, ready to actually do scripts, which by the way, we tried it right away. And it was one of our top performer reels. And I was like, this is incredible. And the fact that it goes from the creation that I don't have to think about it, this is my thing. And then obviously if you are an expert and you know what you're talking about, then the transition to creation is very fast. This is amazing, man. It reduces our times of execution and, and thinking about what we're going to actually do. And then on the final product is lever we're leveraging it with the people that we help and with our own podcast. So, um, that was, that's the thing that I'm going to take away, right? The product works and yeah. you guys continue to gather feedback. You guys continue to talk to the yeah. community. Uh, and uh, I think there's some lessons in there for a lot of people that are building stuff. Yeah. I want to 
highlight too something interesting. And I asked the, I asked this specifically about the contrast between starting seated and starting this one, right? Like this one seems that is moving faster, right? And I Way think faster. is in part because it took long on the previous venture, right? Like you guys took your years learning this one instead of saying, oh, let's create a, that the independently of whatever content you feed it is going to create all these other things. You're like, nah, we're going to do something for podcasts. So you decided to niche down pretty fast, right? Obviously it was one of the, the problems you're solving a problem from your, for yourself, which I think is great. And the fact also that you said, I am a user on the previous one, you were like, I don't really care about restaurants. Right. <laughs> but you know, uh, now you're like, I do care about my podcast and I do care about, you know, putting a quality product after the podcast is out to promote it, et cetera. So you're a consumer too. Right. So I think without the previous experiences, I don't think you guys would have gone as fast with this product at all. Cause you're definitely implementing some of those lessons immediately. And also the fact that you are a user of your own products. And I'm looking at your page right here, right? I love the, the headline. Podcast show notes and content in a click. Upload your MP3, download all your post-production content. Like simple to the point. And I'm looking at the website. I'm curious, like, did you who wrote that 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 page? That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, th that was me. Um, that was you? Dude, so, that was pretty yeah. good. But yeah, I think to your point, like, again, everything that you learn and do in life, like it yep. builds and builds and builds yep. on top of it. So when it came to like launching Cast Magic, like I know how to build a website in Webflow. I know how to write like copy. I know how to like do all this. So like I spun up our website in like nice. a weekend, you know? So it's yep. like, but again, if I had not done that and if I not had not learned that and like failed through a bunch of different startups doing that sort of stuff, like it would have taken me way longer and I would have gotten way more things wrong. So I think that's where knowledge starts to like compound um, on top of itself. Yeah. It, 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 be, it gets really exciting. 100%. Right? Like any for any entrepreneur, really. Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite like quotes is actually from Tom Bilyeu. And I, and I see here that uh, Impact Theory uses cast magic. And I'm curious to see how, how you guys uh, got in there, whether that was them finding you or you guys reaching out. But one of my favorite phrases is he says, I prefer to move 100 miles an hour in the wrong direction than standing still. And it's just that because moving at the wrong direction, at least you're, you're taking in lessons, right? You're learning not doing anything, you're not going to learn ever. And then you 100%. are able to course correct, right? Like, how are you going to know if you're not moving, right? Like, how are you going to know you're going, you're not even going anywhere, right? You need to be going somewhere at least to course correct and then make the right decisions. So hundred percent. Oh, yeah. And, and I think that that is like, and I think we've been talking about a bunch in the show, but it's like, just do something and you're going to learn yeah. something. You, yeah. you can do something and you may not think it's going to help you out in the future. You could have all these different failed ventures, mm. but like, you're going to learn a skill. You're going to like, something's going to click and you're going to have a lesson that next time you're at bat, you're going to be able to apply it and you're going to, you're going to know. Right. Yep. So totally. 100%. That's awesome, man. We're, we're getting close here to the end and I still have so many questions. And, <laughs> you know, we, you know now that we're going to bring you for sure for a, for a second interview. But tell us a little bit about what's what's next, right, for Cast Magic for you. Do you have any other projects, too, that you're working on? Yeah, I mean, I, I always have a bunch of, bunch of different projects. But for now, Cast Magic is in the driver's seat. So basically a couple other things that I think are like really cool about what we've been able to build and like the learnings building cast magic. Number one is that um, 
you know, again, when we started, like you guys have said, it's a super like very specific niche, but I always believe in like talking to customers and like, I believe like having the best in class CX is like the way to build products, the yeah. way to build businesses. Yeah. Like that's the way. And so one thing that I pride myself on a bunch is like, I will literally talk to everyone. If you go to the website, like we're doing like a hundred thousand side visits a month. And wow. like, if you book the, like the demo on the website, like you talk to me, right? Like if you, if you chat through the app, there's like a chat widget there. Like you talk to me. So like, I'm like literally on the front lines of the product as much as Mm. I can be. And a lot of people might say like, Oh, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily the best use of your time or, or whatever. But like, for me, the way I come up with product direction strategy, like team is just being as close to our customers as humanly possible. 100%. Um, so for me, that's like the unfair advantage where people are like, oh, that's not scalable. Why the hell are you doing that? Like, I love that. And I think it's like the best use of my time because I'm able to like kind of be everywhere, have like a real pul- pulse on the customer, the market, what people want. So yeah. I'm not over here and just like building a product for myself. Yeah, um, absolutely. And then one of the the coolest lessons for Cast Magic and kind of where we're headed is we built it for podcasters, but like in very simple terms, all we're doing is we're taking content, like audio content, long form audio or YouTube, whatever you want, you bring it in and we're taking that and we're turning it into purpose-built content assets that are like already ready to go out of the box, right? And the reason that was a problem before and the reason AI is such a big unlock is like before we could do an interview, right? And we could have some software that's going to transcribe it for us. But if we wanted to now create a blog post, okay, I'm going to have to like go read the transcript, make a blog post. Now I want to go write uh, an email, a thank you email to my guests for coming on the show. Okay. I'm going to have to go back to the transcript, find some things that we talked about, some talking points, write an email. Okay. Now I want to write a tweet thread. Okay. Got to go back to the transcript, figure everything out and now create a new purpose built asset. So every single asset that you were making, sure, there's like overlap between them, but it takes a whole bunch of work. So that's why we were like, wait a minute, what we can productize is this way of turning long form audio content into ready to post evergreen content assets like instantly. And that's what was kind of the big unlock. The next big thing. Um, that we got really excited about is when we're talking to users and seeing how the usage was going, all of a sudden we started seeing people who were using this that weren't just podcasters. And I was like, why the hell are, is like this like course creator using cast magic? Like, why the hell is this church using cast magic? Right? Like it just didn't, it didn't really make sense. Or like I had people who were like literally putting voice notes into cast magic and just like, they're like, Blaine, Oh my God, I just rambled into my like voice note app for like five minutes, put it in cast magic and got the craziest stuff out and i'm like dude those are like podcast content assets they're like in this episode we talked about this so as we started to like see what was going on we're like holy shit actually there's a way bigger opportunity here than we actually even thought to begin with yeah and now where i see kind of cast magic cast magic going is like what we're really building out is like it's almost like the notion for voice right Mm -hmm. where you've got content assets just because you guys are content creators that doesn't mean you guys don't take zoom calls that doesn't mean you guys can't record voice notes that doesn't mean that you can't, you know, make YouTube videos. So you've got content coming from all these different places. And what we want to be is the layer to basically pull all that like yeah. multimedia content in, have it organized, have it like productized into whatever use case you want and be able to workshop and, you know, deploy wherever you need that content. Yeah. To go. So good. It, 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 
it's pretty amazing what you build. And, you know, to your first point that you say you like to be there with the customers. I remember I booked a call through the site. And when I talked to you, I was like, hey, like, I was like, dude, I just saw you on the AppSumo event. I was like, <laughs> aren't you the founder? And you're like, yeah. And I was like, I totally thought it was going to be like a sales guy jumping yeah. on the, on the, on the call, right? And I was pretty impressed that it was you taking the call and it was awesome. I got to know, obviously I got to know you, got to invite you to the podcast, got to learn way more about Cast Magic and what you guys are building, which was amazing. And I think it builds rapport with your customers. It's appreciated, yeah. right? So to your point, if, you know, somebody that is listening to this is building, whatever, it is an agency, right? A direct to consumer uh, or a B2B service, make sure you are in the front lines talking to your customer because they're the, the ones that are going to tell you what is that they need. And even sometimes yeah. they tell you how they want it to be solved. And they're just waiting for you to build that. Yeah. Uh, ben, before we head out, I really want to share like a little bit of the case study on how we're using it. Right. I think like more tangible for people that yeah. might be listening to this, right. Uh, my help on like why I was so excited. Right. So we, uh, part of our message is always like trying to find the least friction way to actually produce the content. Right. When we first tried, tried to launch a show, we have bros and bros and it was like <laughs> a one hour setup. We really, you know, we're figuring out the day off, like what we wanted to talk about. It was debriefing marketing. It made no sense. Right. And we did you know, five episodes and that's it. And then a year later, that's when we are able to launch Contents Profit because we really lean on the live aspect to it. We're like, we're going to be curiosity-based. We enjoy this, right? We like it. Uh, we don't, making a script might not be the best use of our time because like we just don't like it. And then obviously that process has evolved, right? But a lot of people have a lot of friction when starting to do it. Fonzie loves to write. I hate to write, right? So he enjoys doing a long form blog post. Perfect. That's not for me. So like for me, for example, personally, what I like to do is having these conversations, feed these audio into Cosmagic, right? And then Cosmagic is going to give me obviously the transcript that, that helps for, you know, SEO on the, on the website. Then it gives us uh, different descriptions for the podcast, right? It gives us the email that we can send to the guests. It gives me a real script that I then I can put on a different app or read it from it on my phone. And then that's an organic reel that we can publish yeah. right off the bat, right? So we're always looking for this way to be present online as multiple times as possible right so we can actually gather that feedback and yeah. this like the 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 time that then it took me because i measured it it was about three to four hours from the podcast episode to trying to create these assets now it's reduced to like 10 to 15 minutes and then creation time which is like very very quickly i, I want to ask something here real quick uh, at the beginning of the episode, you were saying that Blaine here is the one that, you know, changed my view <laughs> in the AI world. Right. And I remember talking to you about this. I was like, look, like, I love your product. And the reason being is because I'm not like, I understand AI and I definitely see that is the future. I understand that. But what I don't like is the people that use it just to fully substitute themselves by AI. Like they totally leave the creative process. They throw it out the window and they're like, ah, let me just copy and paste whatever they gave me and I'm going to yeah. put it out there. And now people are starting to catch up, right? Like literally this morning I saw uh, a Facebook post by a really good friend, big entrepreneur that I respect. And he's like, some of you are using a lot of chat GPT and it tells in your post, right? Like you just literally copy and pasting. Yeah. But what I told you that I loved about cast magic is that first it does a really good job. I don't know what you guys did in there, but it does a really good job at identifying good quality key ideas, which other AIs yeah. I've struggled. I'm like, this is not like, I know it for a fact. And I look at it and I'm like, this is very random, right? I know yeah. it just picked up something random from the conversation. <laughs> you guys do a great job at that. And then second, what I like is you got, it, it, it gives you the output 
is quality. Right? Like the the writing in it is quality, but it's a great starting point. For example, for somebody like me that enjoys writing and you know I'm I'm reading these things. I was like, okay, let me now put it in my voice. Let me add to it. It's a great starting point, right? So that's that's where I'm going with it. I'm and I I my point st- still remains the same. I'm not a big fan of the people that just copy and paste it and that's it. And it's like, ah, let me just publish it. I'm like, add your, add, add more of your spice to it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but at, at, at the end of the day, they'll save you a lot, a lot of time. Yeah. The, again, Ben, thank you and you and your team for putting this together again. Thank yeah. you for coming to the show. As we're wrapping up, obviously, you know, we have a couple of questions to wrap up. This might be like very fast questions, but you know, it's like, Obviously an action point as an entrepreneur, right? Like if, if they're building something, what is something that they can do today to move the needle forward? I think kind of what I would say is just what we had talked about before, like literally do anything, even if you don't <laughs> think it's productive, just do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, throughout the episode that has been the theme. So I'm about to go take a nap then. Yeah. <laughs> just do it. Do it. Hey man, like don't Alex th- says, you don't know? think about it. Don't think <laughs> about it. Just yeah. do it. Nap or workout, right? But one is only going to get you buffed. That is yeah, like, yeah. That's your uh, thing. That's your mostly thing. But, uh, and then where will you be if you never publish, right? You have a very successful podcast, mm. you know, you have be not there. What happened if you never put your voice out there? What do you mean? Like what, if, if I hadn't created a podcast, you mean? Or if you've never published, if you've never put your message out there, where would you think you would be at the moment? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think like having a podcast and publishing, it's just, it opens up so many opportunities that you don't know are going to be opportunities. Like had I not started a podcast, I wouldn't be, you know, having my own podcast. I wouldn't have a problem to solve. I wouldn't have had all the connections that I have. I wouldn't have launched cast magic. I wouldn't have even have met you guys. Right. So it's just like, there's all these events that like happen in life just by taking action and by like publishing. So, um, yeah, ab- absolutely. Just, just go for it. Awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else you want to add Blaine as we wrap up? No, that's it. Um, I mean, I think the things that we're really excited about in cast magic is like, as we diversify, like our product offering is like, we are productizing for all sorts of people. So even if you aren't a podcaster per se, like you can use it, we're building the presets. We've already introduced customization. So you can take anyone can take any sort of like audio conversational, like voice memo, monologue, dialogue, whatever it is, put it in there and like use AI to like get the content, exact content assets that they need out. Um, so that that's that's the only thing that I wanted to throw in is just like we got really excited about that and about how this isn't just something for podcasters. Sure, we can use it and we can solve our own use case so we never have to worry about it again. But um, we're really yeah. excited to start opening up the product aperture to really solve any sort of creative. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's I, awesome. I, you, see, I see it a lot in like executive assistants, in yep. meetings, in things, in, uh, you know, pitches, different things that you can grab feedback from and, and have those assets and continue to build on different things like that. Yeah. You just mentioned before uh, we started here that you guys were doing that with a customization. And I think it's huge, right? For Because depending on whatever you're producing, the output might look a little bit different. So the fact that you now have pretty much the power to, you know, customize all that, depending on your own needs, is going to be huge. It's going to be a huge time saver. Sweet. Yeah. And I mean, like even for you guys and your show or anyone else who's using this, like, sure, it's great to have like the generic, you know, Facebook post, LinkedIn post, newsletter, blog post, whatever it is we're generating. But like everyone, and this was to your point about like AI, it's like, it shouldn't be just copy paste. You should you should use AI to do as much of the legwork as possible so you can become a curator of your own content. And you say, 
that's good. That's yes. not good. Here's what I like. Here's a couple words that I need to put in there. And that's what you should publish because that's going to be authentically you. It shouldn't yep. be the AI like telling you exactly what to post and you didn't even have to think about it. Like that's that's a little bit disingenuous to your yeah. audience. So I think getting you 95% of the way there so you can kind of give your twist on it and hit publish. Like that's, that's what yeah. we think of as success. I love it. This sets you the creator for consistency, right? Like you can go mm -hmm. at that list of the questions, right? Each one of them can be a full episode that you can then develop, right? And that's one of the questions that we get every single time. It's like, how can I be consistent over a long period of time, right? And uh, this is something, uh, one of the many things that I really love about it. But uh, I know we ran out of time. Dublin, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for coming to the show. Yep. I think that's the episode. And with that- uh, Wait, wait, oh. wait, wait. I was going to say one last thing. Wow, bro. Blaine, remember, <laughs> if, you, if you stop- with caffeine, <laughs> dips on La Pavone over here. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> awesome. With that said, guys, thank you so much for tuning to the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show in your favorite podcasting platform and on social media at BizBrosCo. That is right. If you're excited about cast magic and what Blaine had to say and offer, make sure you go check him out, follow him, and don't forget to give Contents Profit a five-star review. <laughs> See Bye. Bye, guys.